Welcome to The Scoop, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. everyone. Welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren, your Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone of TA News. And Lauren, where are you joining us from today? Because you are in the centre of the universe, aren't you? (laughs) Mordor. Yeah, that's it. I'm in sunny Canberra, freezing body parts off. It was minus two (laughs) this morning, everybody. And I've got to tell you, there's a reason I don't come here very often, and that is it. (laughs) So were you you up there to help with the announcements of the budget and make sure that, you know. That's exactly why I'm here. Budget day yesterday. So we all all got our numbers on how much we can spend and everything last night. So that's why I was here, my expert opinion to the treasurer and the government. <laughs> All right. Why don't we get on to today's big things? Well, I was scrolling through HRD yesterday and Ooh. less than half of employers think their workforce is highly resilient. A new global survey has found that 47% of senior executives believe that their workforce is highly resilient, despite 46% believing that fostering this should be a priority. The Kelly Global Rework report surveyed 1,500 senior execs from 11 countries, nine sectors to uncover how businesses are struggling to scale, retain, develop talent. And and look, I think some of these numbers were quite interesting. The respondents cited the following for leaving their employer. 28% said poor work-life balance. Yep. 27% said lack of career opportunities. Like, guys, this is the internal mobility part we all keep rabbiting on about. And lack of skills development said 25%. So that's all around your learning and development people. So, um, yeah. I think we need to start looking at more at internal mobility. If we've got a quarter of the more than a quarter of the workforce wanting to jump around, hey guys, the best talent's already there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm going to jump over to an article published in Seek this week, and they took it from the New Daily, and it's about the nine words you shouldn't use in an interview. Oh, (laughs) let me let me read the nine words, and then I'm going to attempt to use some of them in a in a sentence to see if it sounds okay. So. The nine words are perfectionist, you know, only, which is weird, obviously, workaholic, literally, we, just, and this phrase, stuff like that. Well, okay, stuff like that. You don't say that in an interview. And the, the big we, the uh, royal we, you never say that in an interview. People want to know what you did, not what the team did. They want to know about you. Let's let's play around a bit just for a second. So let's assume it's near the end of the interview and I've been asked by the interviewer, do you have any questions, Craig? And I'm going to go, oh, just that you know, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to understand more about Seek as a business. Obviously, Seek is the leader in the job board market in Australia. And we've discussed how I can make an immediate impact given how, how much I match up with skills and experience. I only want to work with Seek, and I've literally been waiting for an opportunity like this. So I'm very interested in the next steps and how we can progress this process to the next level. Now, I use nine of the, I mean, sorry, six of the nine banned words there. Six you just chat gpt the shit out of that, didn't you? <laughs> I actually did that on my own. but I don't believe you because I know how much you've been chat gpt everything lately. So. Yeah, righto. I'm just glad. I'm just glad we got to talk about Chat GPT without me bringing it as a as a thing to the table today. 
All right. So, another one, more stats. We all know how I'm the stat queen. 54% of Australians take on additional work just to boost job security. Okay, that 54%. headline really grabbed me because that's that like paper rounds and things like that. Yeah, that's it. So a new report found that 54% of Australians are taking on extra tasks due to fears of termination and amid sweeping layoffs. The economic climate is crap, I've got to say. Anyway, the data found that 37% believe they need to work harder or longer hours to keep their jobs, according to Elmo's Employee Sentiment Index. That the wing I went on to read in this too, um, women were more likely to admit that they are taking on extra extra tasks according to the report with 34% mm. working earlier or later compared to 24% of men and 31% of women are also working through their lunch break compared to 20% of men. So the ladies, as always, are taking on the brunt, making sure they're trying to bring home the bacon as well as the, all the household tasks, child minding, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that must really affect well being. Oh, and you get paid less. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> that must really really affect well being, right? So that let me lead on to my next topic: the rise of the four day work week. And this came, this came from uh, HR Daily Advisor. So between 2015 and 2019, Iceland ran a series of trials on the four day work week involving almost one percent of their entire national workforce, and the results are in. So 98 percent of employees noted that their well being has been positively impacted. 84 mm-hmm. of employees consider themselves more productive and 86% are more efficient with their time. So do you think that the four-day work week could take off here in Australia? I don't know because you sort of got to have the – I don't know. I don't know is my answer. I can see pros and cons for it, but I also know that going back to what I just spoke about with mass redundancies and all of this stuff and everyone's afraid to lose their job, we've got interest rates rising and all that, I don't think that people actually want to do it for the fear of being made redundant. Mm. I mean, I I like working a four-day work week or even a two-day work week. I'm lucky to get you to work five hours a day. Seriously, working in iron lungs is a hard one for you, buddy. Anyway, on to my next little piece of uh, snippet of fun. This headline grabbed me in HRD this week. Is Australia racist? Ooh, is it? Of course. It prickles the hairs on the back of my neck and I'm like, oh, Gosh, that, I'm, I feel mortally offended. But anyway, I went on to read research from the Leadership Quarterly where more than 12,000 job applicants from ethnic minorities were sent to more than 4,000 job advertisements revealed that applicants with the six ethnic groups vying for leadership positions were 57% less likely to be considered for leadership roles and 45% less likely to be considered for lower job positions in all cases. And the resumes were identical. So they pulled a Swifty to get some data, which I think is a very smart thing to do. So it comes down and begs the question, what is in a name? Yeah. So people have preconceived ideas that communication, language skills or leadership capabilities won't be as useful or that these candidates don't understand the Australian culture. Mm. So I think with that... Boomer mentality, I'm going to say it. I think it's a boomer mindset um, that we need to get over that. The majority of our population growth comes from immigration. Yeah. More than 50% of people in this country are born by immigrant parents or are direct immigrants. Yeah. So this country is based on so many different cultures, and I, I've always been a firm believer of embrace. So if you're, if someone has to change their name just 
to get a goddamn interview. What is wrong with the screening process? I couldn't agree more. Hey, I've got a little one about Victoria's Labor Hire Authority. So just, oh. just, just something interesting. So they've commenced legal action against a company for providing workers without a labor license, and it's the first prosecution in the state under this law. It carries a maximum penalty of almost $600,000. So I'm just trying to think, what are the implications for TA teams? Should they be checking every agency on their panel that they have a license? And then what about national businesses? Because these labour licences are state-based. Well, see, that's where it comes into a bit of a controversy where we've all sort of gone through them. Not all states have labour licences. Yeah, that's right. So, and then the rules are different in every state. Like um, you don't need one in Queensland if you're paying this or um, South Australia, if you're paying so far above the award, you don't need to have a labour licence if that person's. So it's really, I think some of them are just money grabbing exercises by states that all uh, con- people who employ contractors have to have them because I think it's definitely needed for the lower level jobs. So people aren't getting ripped mm. off. But when you've mm. got a, a, a tech contractor earning $1,500 a day, mm. he's so far above the award that really a labour hire licence is not required in that yeah. category. So I, I think that also comes back to beg the question because under this fair work, fair pay stuff that the government's putting out at the moment with sweeping changes, they need to go more granular on this. And they're also talking about a federal labour hire licence. Look, And that's great because then it just con- consolidates the rules. Yeah. But you can't have it. I think industries that are so far paying so far above the award, the companies don't need them. Mm. Because you're not going to be in that type of problem. But I think people who are very seasonal workers, a lot of blue-collar contractors, the ones that are closer to that award and rely on that definitely need to be monitored. But anyone who's got an IT contract out of 1500 bucks a day, it's neither here nor there. It's just a money-scraping government thing. Yeah, I think you're right. The the meaning or the feeling behind bringing in these labour licences initially were to protect those with lower skills and also very much from a migrant background. So, yeah, Yeah. you're talking your fruit pickers, your farmers, your cleaners, those sorts of people. And and people in those areas have been exploited and and they need protections. But like you're saying, IT, uh, white collar, you know, it's it's a very different kettle of fish. Absolutely. And I think that's where uh, also going from the state, like this is a state issue clearly, um, but going into the federal fair work, fair pay, um, same job, same pay, I think they're calling it now. Um, we can't just make sweeping changes. You have to actually look at this on an industry level mm. because the same work, same pay just doesn't gel across every single industry and blanket rules. It is a very complicated area that the government is looking at and I think they've got to tread very, very carefully, especially with the contingent workforce. Couldn't agree more. Hey, events. Oh, I know, people. Get your gear together. Tomorrow is Auckland's meetup, first one post-COVID. So get your shit together. Is Thursday, it, the 11th of May. So get on their LinkedIn page. It's on tomorrow. Is it at Sucks 30? Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so our brothers and sisters across the ditch have got their meetup. Um Craig, what other meetups are happening around Australia or New Zealand? Well, in about two weeks' time, we have the Sydney meetup on the 25th of May, and it's all about making the most of your people and talent data. That'll be really interesting. So we know how good um, Pamela and the team put on a show up there and a a get-together and a meetup. So if you haven't registered, hopefully there's still some spots left. If not, bad luck. You're going to have to see it on socials. 
Also, just I'll just provide a quick one. Brisbane Meetup Group have a tentative date for the 8th of June, and I'm sure this will happen. They're working, the team's working very, very hard to make sure that gets up and running for the 8th of June. So keep that in your calendar open if you're up there in Bris Vegas. Yeah, I was chatting to the girls, and hopefully we'll have some news by early next week and get it out onto the Meetup Group and out onto the LinkedIn socials. So watch that space. But my Goodness, having a little bit of a chat with Jovo over at the ATC and has she got a calendar fill up for you? So get your pens out. Write this down, everybody. Okay, so the Talent Advisory Conference is 16th of May. It's a week away in Melbourne. There are only 15 tickets left. That's right, 15 tickets, and it's going to be a sellout. This is going to be one hell of a mind-blowing changes on how TA actually think and the way we do things. And they've also got their TA brew. Nothing wrong with having TA and a brew. (laughs) And anyway, that's on 20th of July at Bodrigi Brew Pub from 12 to 4 p.m., and it's a free event everyone so if you're here in melbourne or happen to be down here for work from somewhere else in australia um come along i went to the one last year and i learned so freaking much it was amazing so it's an interactive meetup so it's all about peer-to-peer conversations small brainstorming groups coming back with solutions i just found it absolutely incredible but drum roll everyone the big one is the atc the australasian talent conference of 2023 early bird tickets are on sale now that's right right now so 22nd and 23rd of november at luna park in sydney and i can say hands down that is the best ta conference i have ever been to in australia there you go and finally, before we check out today, what about ITA's nominations? Oh, they're coming in. They're coming in thick <laughs> and fast. But we thick want to see and more. Fast. And I've got to say, we are going to sell out t- of t- tickets really, really quick. There is less than 100 tickets to go. Uh, nominations are open now, 16 categories. Uh, closing on the 4th of June, I believe, people. That's right. Trying to talk Craig into letting us have an extension, but, hey, I don't know. He's being a bit of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, dear. Anyway, that's it for me today. What about you? No, that's it for me. But just the last thing on the Idas, there's nothing worse than seeing someone win an award and you sitting there in your your talent team and saying, we're actually better than that. So get your damn nominations in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, everybody. So anyway, I'm just going to throw it out. Stay classy, Canberra. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye from me. And me too. Bye-bye, everyone.